0: Welcome back to a different life story. My show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today's guest, wonderful Jasmine Sandoval. Jasmine, or Dr. Jess, shall I really say, is a doctor of nursing practice and she is a ball of energy uh, who hates complacency. And that is so beautiful, because that is where we so often get stuck. That is the core of procrastination. That is the, uh, that is the, the root of all evil, as far as creativity and productivity are concerned. The complacency, ah, it's just fine. It's all good right now. Nah, today we're here to shake the mm-hmm. foundations. Today we're here to actually change lives and talk about ways how to move forward, how to beat the inner Schweinehund, as we say in Germany, the the guy who makes you, oh, look, it's all fine, it's all fine, you don't need to. Washing up now, nah, make it tomorrow. Uh, nah, 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 nah. No more complacency today. Okay. So Dr. Jazz, Jazz me. it's so lovely Thanks. to have you on my show. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today and really just being able to, to speak to people about just tapping into their inner self and, and and changing what was normal and what was comfortable and really just stepping outside of their comfort zone.
0: <laughs> and that's so important, isn't it? But it is. how did you come to that, to that way of life now? Mm-hmm. What is the background story? I mean, you didn't just wake up when you were six and say, hey, I'm blessed no. no more in my life.
1: No, no, no. How did you that know, come about? I'm I'm first generation Vietnamese American, and I think my parents, you know, fought a good fight leaving their homeland um, in Vietnam and and re- being refugees and and making their trek to America. And so, I was always it was always beaten into me, like literally and figuratively, <laughs> that I should be appreciative of all of the things that I have uh, living in this country that that I'm in, and just making everything worth the the life that that they fought for that they fought so hard for so I have always been that's always been like a message that my parents have put into me and one of the the biggest message that my mom always said growing up um, was the first English phrase she ever learned because they had to learn they had to take an English class before they could finally make it to the United States was time is money and so to me that is so incredibly important on so many levels, whether you're an entrepreneur or anything else, you know, time is money and and if you're wasting your time, you're just throwing money out the window. And so let's not throw money out the window anymore and really let's just make life worthwhile and and leave behind some sort of legacy, so.
0: Indeed, (laughs) I have changed that saying from time is money to time is everything.
1: Mm-hmm. It is
0: so important because as a doctor, I've met so many patients literally on their deathbed. Yes. And no one is begging for another hour in their office. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest assured, they are, uh, when you see their eyes changing with a cancer diagnosis or if they have mm-hmm. come through a health scare,
1: mm-hmm.
0: their life is very different. Their mm-hmm. life is no longer worried too much about the past. They are certainly not so much worry about the future, but mm-hmm. they come to a point, once it dust settles, that they are focusing right here, mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. They are becoming the masters of mindfulness, yes. of living your life intentionally. Yes. And that's a skill that we often forget or that many of us have never learned. So mm-hmm. here you go. So I exactly. agree 100% with you. Yeah. But as I said, this is your story today. And whilst it was drummed into you at an early age, Uh um, did you always live by that uh, credo?
1: Did I always 100% of the time? No, no, I've, I've wasted time as well. You know, I've gone through that rebel stage growing up where I felt like, you know, I want to do what I want to do. And so I was quite the rebel towards my later teen years. And then we just had a discussion offline about teenagers and their their drama <laughs> and parenting them. But I, I've had my share as a teenager and, uh-huh. you know, I did what I wanted to do. And I, you know, took the more difficult path of not so graduating high school, I was told if I had continued down the path that I was going with the, the grades that I was receiving, which was straight A's, high grades, um, I would have definitely had a Fulbright scholarship to a university. And had I maintained something there, I would have had definite guaranteed admission into medical school, which was my goal at the time was to become a pediatrician. Instead, I was like, you know what I'm going to do at 18? After high school, I joined the Army. I joined the United States Army and said, they tell me that I can I can go to college too while I'm in the army, which is one of the biggest, not lie, but inflated sugar-coated half-truth that they, a recruiter can ever, ever tell you when joining the military. Um, it's at commander's discretion. At least 20 years ago, it was at commander's discretion for you to go to school, for them to sign off for you to go to school. And it's based around the missions and the deployments that you have to do. So if you're on a mission or on a deployment, school, takes the Uh, back burner. So you're going to miss class, you're going to miss assignments. And so I did not get a chance to attend college thinking I was going to be able to join the military, do that and be, you know, G.I. Jane while Taking college classes. So, really, knocking out two birds with one stone. Hey, time is money. (laughs) Yeah, I was so like led down the wrong direction. And I had this wild dream that it was going to happen for me. But instead, I ended up just joining the military, met my husband there at that time, got married very early, very young, had kids very young. And finally, while I was a stay at home mom after getting out of the army and my husband was still a soldier, I said, you know what? It's time for me to get back to school. And that's when I really you know, lit the fire under my own ass and, and just said, all right, it's time for me to really get back on this, this train of what my mom's whole time is money concept is and, and doing what's uncomfortable. I'm a stay at home mom. I have nothing else to do. Um, I felt like I wasn't contributing to society anymore. And so I was just like, you know what, let's go back for that dream. And, and if I can't do medical school because I have responsibilities now I can do the next best thing and that's nursing. And there's so many different avenues I can take with nursing that, you know, why not?
0: When you were in the military, uh, was, was it two years or?
1: I did three years. Three years. I did three years.
0: Specialty, yes. or was, I was a
1: combat medic.
0: Perfect. So Perfect. yes, medical
1: specialist. So it was yes. always medical field. Like that was mm. destined for me. No matter what, it was always mm. the medical field. Mm. And so I, I loved and enjoyed so much of what I did and learned in the army. Mm. I just wish I would have been able to go to school at the same time, mm. but mm. Eh, it is what it is
0: and was army not not navy or other branch and the, did you get deployed did you use your skills in anger Pers-
1: personally i did not i did not get deployed i was actually um when i got out of the army and my time was completed my my battalion left for afghanistan at that mm. time but um my husband who finished his entire service ended up deploying three times so mm. We both joke and say he's deployed enough for the both of us, <laughs> but um, I, I wish I would have had that opportunity to just experience that mm. in my world and 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 be more humbled by it. Um, but I've heard enough stories from my husband that mm. I feel like I still I still have a lot of appreciation mm. for everything that our troops have done overseas.
0: Oh, please, absolutely, no no doubt about it. But there is equally no doubt about it that a that when you practice medicine in a relatively peaceful setting, even if it is Mm -hmm. an emergency department at Saturday night and you could discuss peace. On a full moon. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly (laughs) right. So we all know the stories. Um, Yeah. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. No one is shooting at you there, Mm -hmm. okay? It's Mm -hmm. well, it's unlikely that you get stabbed. That is not necessarily the case when mortars and rockets rain down on your base, uh, whilst you're trying to help someone else survive. So that is it changes you. It it it, it completely alters you when you come to that point where you truly fear for your own life, Mm -hmm. and that's then where the stories of the, the either the the growth come out Mm -hmm. that you that you learn to live with it or indeed later on the story of the PTSD comes out yes and it Mm -hmm. just is therefore I'm asking there are very defining moments sometimes in your life and certainly the American military is known to provide these uh, these opportunities to Mm -hmm. change yourself
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: now so you went into the army and then you said okay enough is now enough. So how many kids have you got?
1: I've got two. I've got two. I've got a 17 year old who's preparing to, um, we're waiting, we're waiting for college admissions feedback. And then I have a 15 year old who was just in here discussing how to rearrange her bedroom again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These are important bits. You know, this is, if you think about it, it's all about control. And that's something Mm -hmm. that we keep forgetting. Here is the bedroom and chaos and and everything is changing in this young person's mind and emotions and and hormones and of course they're trying to to control the little things that they can control because Mm -hmm. so much is out of their control so here you go um so it is it's beautiful to to hear you talking about all these these kind of things and the reason i say it's beautiful here you are you're a woman who are helping others Mm -hmm. uh who are who are changing you are changing lives you're leaving a legacy and Mm -hmm. yet you're rolling with the punches because your kids are just (laughs) the same challenges and and whatever is hard cast today will change 180 degrees tomorrow Mm -hmm. and that's that's our life isn't it we are we are we're constant challenges, constant yes. changes, yes. and yes. but it what? keeps
1: us on our toes. So
0: hell yes, hell <laughs> yeah. yes. so here you were. You're uh, you're essentially saying, okay, I want to get back onto mm-hmm. onto this kind of train, but you have got all, you've got two children, your mm-hmm. husband is deployed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not easy.
1: So no, talk no. about
0: super mum.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know my cousins call me that they they're like I don't know how you do it you're superwoman you're just doing all this and and at the time they didn't even have kids yet and then as they started having kids because they you know I had kids really young and so yeah. when my cousins finally caught up to having you know being mothers and 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 stuff they they realized how much I had done with two little kids and a deployed husband at war where we were losing his friends his friends were dying regularly up while he was gone and it was it was it was one of those things where it's like a knock at the door
0: uh-huh.
1: was a bad thing and and I wasn't expecting it. it was a bad bad thing. I was living on base at the time and uh-huh. you know so my husband deployed the first war deployment to Afghanistan was for 8 months and he was um deployed to an area where they started from the ground up. So they were there to build the facilities and everything. And so when he got when there there that? were- was
0: um 2004 oh yeah
1: 2004 so- um, so he went to Afghanistan in two thousand and four because my son had just turned one years old. So I have a newborn, well, newborn, I have an infant who's one. He's gone. Um, so he's in an area where there's zero communications. Of course, <clears throat> technology in general was just beginning, right? So we hmm. I didn't hear from him for four months, we or four, yeah. Hmm three, four months, I didn't hear from him, except for letters, old school letters, handwritten letters that he sent home. And his letters took almost two months to make it to me. But mine, because I started the moment he walked out The door to get on that plane. I started writing those letters, knowing it was going to take some time to get to him. Mine were getting to him much quicker. So he was reading my letters like two weeks out and I'm reading his letters that were like two months old. Um, and And then finally I get the call because we have a very strong, what we do in the army. And I think a lot of the different branches do that as well Is we have what's called family readiness group where they, they bring the spouses together and there's a chain of command on the spouse's side where, my lead i can't remember what it's called anymore but my lead was the one in charge of a certain group of spouses Mm -hmm. and so she if anything were to happen she would get the phone call first and then she Mm -hmm. has to make those phone calls to us and so it could be anything so my phone call was jasmine i need you by the phone at around four o'clock on mother's day and then at around four o'clock on mother's day i'm sitting there by the phone and then i get a phone call from him And that's the first time I've never told this story in public before, Um, but that's the first time I'd ever heard from him in like three months. And so that was like the most glorious thing. But then a couple of months later, we had what was called video teleconference, VTCs, which is now widely known as Zoom, Skype. We didn't have this type of technology then. So they had to coordinate that. So now they're coordinating it with the guys in Afghanistan and then they're coordinating it with the spouses here or stateside Um, And then we're using what's called Zulu time because of the time zone differences. And it was just all kinds of confusion. But we had 15 minutes of face to face time on Zoom and he was able to see his son for the first time in like four or five months. And it it was just, you know, and so that was our first deployment and that lasted nine months. That was a nine month deployment. And then the next one now he deploys, and I have my daughter's turning one, so I have a three year old and a one year old and he's gone for fifteen months. The one to Iraq was for fifteen months. I didn't hear from him or I heard from him, but um you know i i I couldn't touch him I couldn't you know we mm. He was gone for a really long time. And that's when I said, you know what, I am going to go crazy if I keep watching the news and listening about like how many American troops were killed that day. And I was about
0: to say Iraq for 2005, 2006. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. when it all sort of started kicking off with Fallujah yes. with with yes. the hard times. What, yes. what specialty was he?
1: he was a combat medic as well. But Mm -hmm. in this case, just like going back to what you were saying before, he was using his skill set on the field Mm -hmm. while mortars were being, you know, shot at him and and driving through IEDs. Yeah. So definitely um, some tough times, but I I needed a distraction. And that's where school became my biggest distraction. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school full force and my first semester, you know, 12 to 15 as a full-time credit hour, I took 21 credits that semester. Mm -hmm. And And, and, got a 3.83 GPA, like I I got like a phenomenally high GPA on top of that, because I just was like, I'm going to prove myself that I'm still just as smart as I was. You know, when I (laughs) left school at 18 years old, (laughs) I've got to make up for lost time, because all my friends are graduating or have graduated now that were, you know, graduated with me in high school. And so I'm just catching up, trying to make up for lost time and just using that as my distraction. And so I I went back to school pretty hardcore, Hmm. just to, to make up for the lost time. (laughs)
0: and of course to distract you and of course to uh it became nearly a bit of an addiction you could say because suddenly there was yeah you could lose yourself instead of worrying instead Mm -hmm. of getting triggered by the daily news Mm -hmm. and and some some half-baked news and rumors you you, yes um, yes you could actually focus on very hard fact mm-hmm. rules okay yes. when you give yeah. that antibiotic and that happens and mm-hmm. that bug dies cool exactly um, No, I can see that but how do you balance that with your with your children uh what were your your techniques did you have did you have parents close by or did you have other people who could no. take the kids you were it no it was me <laughs> yeah. it
1: was me well I'll, I'll give I'll give my in-laws credit the the second time, The first time I went back, I figured, you know, my in-law's, we were stationed in North Carolina at the time. And I'm originally from Maryland, the DC area. And then my in-laws are from New Mexico, the Southwest area. So <laughs> oh, there's no family. <laughs> no, there's 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 no emergency jump in the car and drive. Maybe from Maryland, my mom could have done it if she needed to, yeah. but there was definitely no family nearby. So I figured when my husband left for Afghanistan, I have no family. I have no friends in North Carolina. Yeah. I'm alone in this entire state. So I, I actually packed up and I went to stay with my mom for a little bit and then I went to stay with my in-laws for a couple of months so I wanted them to have time to bonding time with my son because I knew they would never get this quality time. Exactly. And then the second time around when I had both the kids, um, I, I was working and I was in school. So I just, I stayed put in North Carolina and my in-laws actually came over for a couple months to help as well. Cause I was just like, all right, this is overwhelming. I'm working and I'm in school and I have these two little ones and Jeremy's gone. So I need your help. So they actually did come over and help for a little bit. And, uh, and that was very helpful. So they, they stayed for as long as they could hmm. and then they went back. Um, but other than that, it was really just me the whole time and it was a balancing game. I remember buying like an inflatable bouncy house for my kids, like a little miniature one. And I just let them play in the backyard. And so just finding activities to keep them busy. And then I would take them to the playground and let them run wild in the playground. Yeah. I'm watching them, but I'm studying at the same time at yeah. the picnic table. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I just asked my kids that this past weekend, we, at, we actually drove back up to North Carolina for a conference that I was doing. And We drove through our old neighborhoods. We saw the house that we're currently renting to a tenant. We were like, we did everything. We went to their old schools, we did everything. And then I said, this is the park, this is the playground. And I was like, do you remember that I used to take you guys here every single day and you guys would just run and like burn out the energy while I'm studying and they're like we don't remember that at all I'm like good (laughs) good just just remember that I was there pushing you on the swings and (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, so they don't remember that I like you know so I was always in fear that my kids are going to be like where was mom the whole time we were growing up she was never available she was never around she was always like nose in the books but they don't remember that and I'm so thankful for that and I finished my nursing program when they were I think six and four years old and they don't remember any of that. They know that I was always in school. Like they've always remembered me being in school to some extent, but they don't remember me like ignoring them or maybe I felt like I was ignoring them, but um, they, they didn't remember that. So that's a good thing
0: isn't it and it's so important that what you're saying there because every single parent I've ever talked to in my life they mm-hmm. all have guilt feelings they yes. all if they could turn the, the wheel of time back mm-hmm. they would they would do things different mm-hmm. and it is it's often mm-hmm. brutal what our own mind construes
1: mm-hmm. or
0: plays in front of us yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so no, it's really, really good for you to say that. Thank you very much, and I'm, I'm sure that, that so many other women, especially uh, mums, mm-hmm. who try to define yeah. themselves in all these many roles nowadays, mm-hmm. that uh, they, they spread themselves very thin, and they feel it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's so hard. And yeah. that you, you were focusing on a career, and you were focusing mm-hmm. on being a mum. Mm-hmm. Add to that now. Um, some women nowadays want to be showing that they are a yummy mummy, that they are still 21 with a body of oh, 21. Lord. And well, that's <laughs> right, exactly. And then you've got all that social media pressure mm-hmm. that they put on themselves and that they have mm-hmm. to be just just perfect, just just just, just right. And so add that. No, that's right. That's right. So honestly, it is uh it is sometimes so hard to observe women trying to fit into absolutely every role they could possibly think about then add in oh they have to be fit so they run to the gym and you think what the hell girl give yourself a break Um, yeah but sadly sadly there are enough men out there who are are doing the same thing so it's so important to actually hold that mirror in front of 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 our face and your faces uh-huh. maybe out there if you're listening. If you recognize right. yourself, mm-hmm. give yourself permission to take a breather. And exactly. Give
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Because that is what you would have yes. done. There is no way that you can go bang, bang, mm-hmm. bang, bang, bang. You mm-hmm. did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. How did you unwind? How did you, how you can't learn 24-7. Right. So what did right. you do to give yourself permission? What did you do? What worked for you?
1: You know, I have always been like a, an arts and craftsy kind of person. And so combining my arts and crafts and just my love and joy for doing that, because it, it takes my mind off of really having to like critically think anymore. You know, all I have to do is focus on like cutting the piece of paper straight. Uh, I remember one of the things that the projects that I used to work on a lot with the kids with the kids nearby was um, my me time was making scrapbooks of them. So Uh, I would take their pictures and I would create scrapbooks. So I'm here using my creative side. I'm unwinding. I'm not studying, but I'm not really actively parenting either. Again, just like letting the kids do their own thing and be self-sufficient in the living room while I'm doing arts and crafts through scrapbooks. So still building memories and creating memories. And thank goodness I have those because at one point you can tell where like life just got out of control or I just wasn't able to do that anymore. And it just kind of like came to a complete stop, but definitely being able to integrate what I enjoyed doing, which was arts and crafts into something that was a necessity, which I felt like creating a scrapbook and a memory book for the kids. So
0: beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, did your kids play up that you were they? when did nine? No, let's start that again. Every child plays up. Uh-huh. Every child sooner or later becomes a challenge. To their parent or parents mm-hmm. um, How did you deal with that?
1: You know, I'll have to say My firstborn spoiled me Because he he's really good he, He's a people pleaser He doesn't want to disappoint his mama So it's just He's always just been a good kid A really good kid And then he's had He's like me. He's like me in the case in the sense where he he's able to see what's happening around him and using that as an example for him to never do that either. Whereas, you know, there are some people in life who like even though you see the mistakes being made over there to the right, you're still going to make the exact same mistake because that's just in your nature to have to do that to understand that you were you shouldn't be doing that. But I, I like to go, oh, I see. OK, I see that example and I'm not doing that. And so my son was the same way. And so he's oh. he's been a really, really good kid in that sense. Um my daughter oh my goodness she's the mouthy one she's the one with the. Uh, she's the one where they say you know your kid's gonna come back tenfold <laughs> of what you once were oh boy she she's she's definitely I mean she's a good kid but she that mouth that she has sometimes I just look at her and I'm like you know or like but it, but she has a bit of me and my husband and so we just look at each other and it's like what does it feel like to argue with yourself <laughs> like, yes that's you who that just came out of her mouth (laughs) so it just becomes like unbelievable like joking with each other at this point because we just we're like okay (laughs) all right well (laughs) do what i said (laughs) and then she throws 10 more tantrums but still it gets done it gets done at the end of the day
0: (laughs) interesting interesting i can't say that last sentence it gets yeah. them by the end of the day. Yeah, that's still a possibility uh, yeah. rather than uh, than a certainty. Uh, yeah. But it is what it is. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess for me as a parent, uh, the biggest lesson I had to learn was that does it really matter? Do you mm-hmm. really want to want to ride right. on the principle? It? Exactly. <laughs> is that <laughs> yeah. fight worth it? Yes. And pick your battles. <laughs> exactly. The last two years, I had to learn. Nah. Actually, A, for your own sanity. Mm-hmm. And B, you can shout, you can scream, you yeah. can still lose your rack. And mm-hmm. and I'm a bloody hothead. I mean, deep inside and it too. is. Yes, exactly. It's so easy. And God, when I was still drinking, that, wow, anger and resentment mm-hmm. were big parts of me. Mm. Uh, nowadays, not so much, although the old guy is still from now and then wants to come out and play. But <laughs> I must say that, it's not worth it it's so not worth it and mm-hmm. uh, by the time i've now argued with him about principles um i would have washed up myself mm-hmm. or i would have done that job myself
1: yes and yeah
0: the other thing yeah. i learned is if you guys are listening and recognize yourself in the frustration is i've learned that doing the job together mm. is actually such a powerful thing hmm. we both hate washing up and yeah. so let's wash up together Okay. Or yesterday, I came home and asked my son to sort out our gardening watering system, and he had not done it. And he himself said, "Look, why don't you come out and we do it together?" But he, mm. he said it in a funky old way. It was clear he didn't want to do it. He's annoyed that he didn't do it, and it was actually into heart basket because it's a bitch of a system. It's it's awful. Um, so we went mm. out there and got attacked by the bloody sand flies and but we sorted that shit out together and it was such a beautiful thing to do it together and that is that is such a beautiful learning curve for me where I have to say damn what would have happened if I maybe had done that at an earlier stage in our lives make it a point of of doing the chores together rather than insisting that they do them and then getting frustrated that they haven't so it is. Oh,
1: wow. Well, thank you for that. I'm learning something. That that oh,
0: <laughs> oh it's I just have,
1: <laughs> I it's, needed this conversation like five years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, same here, same here. And yeah. it's that's where we are. We are on a path, isn't it? And mm-hmm. we don't have it. We we have not read all the bloody user manuals. Damn, I didn't mm-hmm. even know that there are user manuals out there. And yeah. it's not only today, here in 2021, that I've mm-hmm. got certain insights. They come from bad decisions <laughs> you learn you always from your own mistakes damn it um but also i learned from all these beautiful people i interview. Mm-hmm. i i've got so many fantastic guests and you yeah. just see that's great. what your story was like you uh-huh. balancing balancing all those ambitions those visions the frustrations mm-hmm. the fear mm-hmm. the no doubt, there was a degree of of shame, guilt, all the negative emotions. I mean, yes.
1: how
0: how did you deal with them? How there would have been so much pressure on you, and there's there must have been hundred days where you were too tired to read the textbook or you open the textbook and you read the same bloody paragraph 15 times and you mm-hmm. still have not got it because your brain just physically can't do it. Yeah. And when that happened to me, I get I get angry, frustrated. I got angry, frustrated in the past. Uh-huh. What about you?
1: So one of the, the first classes that we had um, when I got into the nursing program was actually one of like the career success or the student success centers. Mm-hmm. And the the person who oversaw that center came and gave us like a little spiel on like study habits and such. And, you know, here I am, you know, I'm not 18, 19, 20 years old. I'm older than the rest of the kids in my class, but they all think I'm the same age as them, which is great. But <laughs> um, but she came in and she said, you know, one of the best things you can do for yourself is to not cram and not overstudy and not over exhaust yourself with that. So she says the best thing for your brain. And again, I don't have any statistics on this or anything, but I felt like it worked and I used it and it worked for me. But she said the best thing that you can do for yourself is to study for 30 minutes and then have a five minute interruption. You know, it helps and allows your brain to reset and, and then you can come back to the material with a fresher mindset and go back to the material and continue reading. So you're never overboggled. There's not too much information in there. It doesn't just become a blur after a little bit. So I did that. I was just like, okay, 30 minutes, five minute break, 30 minutes, five minute break. Great. So I, I did the next thing I do, just like my arts and crafts, where it's me being clever with how I use my time. I did laundry. We had laundry done every day (laughs) for the four years I was in nursing school because it was the easiest thing for me to do laundry I pick up the dirty laundry I take it to the washing machine I put it in and then my next 30 minutes I move that to the dryer and then I put the next load in and then the next 30 minutes I'm folding clothes and so it's just like (laughs) it was perfect
0: and how cool (laughs) is that what you are demonstrating there is mm-hmm. is the principle of the five minute gardener. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, some gardens are perfect, and you ask and you think, "I never see you in the garden. What's the story?" Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I only do five minutes a day, but I do that every day. So mm-hmm. one day, five minutes, I, I weed that bit. The next five uh, five minutes, I weed that bit. And if I'm oh, wow. feeling like it, I might do a bit mm-hmm. more. But otherwise, I do at least five minutes. It's the same with exercise, the one minute. I, I had a guest on my show who says, look, you know, during the quarantine now, I made a point of doing daily exercise. And I mean it, daily exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, one minute of running. One minute. Oh, and okay. That was all she did, and and of course, sometimes the only thing you wanna do is one minute, but she did that one minute. And other days, that one minute turned into 30, 60, whatever minutes that she okay. could do. And, but it was the principle of doing it every day, and that's exactly what mm. you did, the five yeah. minutes. But yeah. then again, there, you had a bit of a head start there because that would have <laughs> been the same thing how you attack along a uh, march in the army. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't just march for hours. You basically mm-hmm. march an hour and then 10 minutes break or something like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, the breaking down a monumental task into small bite-sized uh, mm. yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's the skill, isn't it? Indeed. Yes,
1: yes. Don't Bite just think, pieces. oh,
0: my God, that is such a big, <laughs> big task. No way. Whilst if yeah. you say, okay, I actually just walk from here to there. Okay, yeah, you walk from here to there have a break and then you say well actually you know now I walk from there to there
1: yeah
0: exactly so now that is these are all the life lessons that that many of us have learned the hard way I certainly mm-hmm. did I'm mm-hmm. Mr. Burnout I'm mm-hmm. Mr. Go 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 go. Wow. go 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 yeah yeah so same with you did you experience <laughs> burnout
1: Um, I'll say I experienced burnout. I don't think I experienced burnout while in school. I feel like school was an okay thing for me. Um, even in the nursing profession, I don't feel like even when I was working at the bedside with patients and families, I'm not so sure that I ever really experienced burnout. However, burnout is one of the topics, um, and is the topic that I used for my doctoral project, but, um, and, and compassion fatigue and emotional trauma for nurses and clinicians, but it's not, uh, it's actually not something I felt like I've ever can say I'm completely burnt out, I need to step away from this. Mm. Um, but I think it's because I've always been able to cautiously select whatever path I'm going for. It's because I really, really feel it. I'm not just winging it. I'm not just doing it because it was my prescribed path. I'm doing it because it's something that I truly wanted to do. And so I've never really felt burnout, unfortunately, unfortunately. Um, but I. it's because I I love doing what I do. And I think i know when it's time to call quit call it quits and it's time to walk away from something and so
0: for sure and that's so important nowadays i know that too but mm-hmm. but uh, as yeah. i said for many many years i've been pushing far too hard and mm-hmm. even last year and From many different reasons, I worked really, really hard, uh, mm. both as a as a an anesthesiologist or anesthetist in my field, as mm-hmm. well as uh, establishing my show, uh, writing books, things like that. It was a labor of love. I love every single one of these things, mm-hmm. but come December, I was I was heading towards burnout, and the, okay. the Christmas yeah. holidays came just in the right time. That's good, and yeah. that's right. But I I realized exactly what was happening. I mm-hmm. knew I was pushing myself to limits, and I felt a compassion fatigue coming in. Mm-hmm. And but interestingly enough, we all did at work. I I every other day I started our work day by getting my team together and said, "Hey guys." Just be aware, we are all at the moment making mistakes, little mistakes, little things here and there. And that shows mm-hmm. me that we don't give a fuck anymore, that we are mm-hmm. all burn. that we are heading towards that burnout. Yeah. So I raised the awareness, I raised the mindfulness on it. And with that, we managed to stay safe, uh, yes. et cetera. But it was a brutal year for many, many reasons and for many mm-hmm. people out there. No two ways around that. Yes. But it's that, that awareness that is when is enough enough when Mm -hmm. when do you do a prophylactic mental health day rather than crashing burning having a massive cold and you have to take a week or two off because you are literally crashed rather than actually saying hey boss I'm I'm feeling I'm not right would it be okay if today or tomorrow or etc can I take some time off no mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so important so well yes. done well done Dr. Jess um, you, you have got insights that are very valuable and that thank you I certainly did not learn until uh, the last five years so mm-hmm. well uh-huh. done you well done you mm-hmm. Thank you. if you were <laughs> able to to have a time machine and mm-hmm. go back to your 17 18 year old uh, mm-hmm. self and you could send a message back what would you send back?
1: Oh man, I was doing a lot of things at seven, 18 years old. A lot of things. <laughs> uh, I, ha- I have I have one, one life regret, and it happened at 17, 18 years old that I I probably would just go back and tell myself, be smarter, be wiser, love myself more, respect myself more, you know, and, and I think I think that would be the message to myself It's just love myself more and and know my worth more
0: Mm. so that's really beautiful know my worth because if you don't and as a teenager you don't Mm -hmm. fall stop. you're so insecure you're Mm -hmm. so oh my god and it is yeah to to help myself see my worth somehow Mm -hmm. and be reassured that it's going to be okay that i don't have to try so hard and don't have to appear to be a person who i'm not really deep inside myself yes the the social the social pressure etc these kind of things i would Mm -hmm. i would love to uh to tell myself and i try to to tell it to my boys luckily Mm -hmm. it is i've succeeded to a degree Um, by by modeling that but blimey Uh, good on you so Dr. Chess here you are now you have achieved the pinnacle uh, as far as as what you can reach in your nursing profession Uh, Mm -hmm. so you're a clinical nurse plus you are uh, managerially very versed now with your doctorate Uh, you're a nurse leader Um, yes that is beautiful what will the future bring where is, where is Dr. Chaz going from here?
1: Well, the future in academia, I don't believe stops here necessarily. I do want to take some crea- creative writing classes, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at book writing. I want to write mm. books. I want to write a book about my life and share my story, but then I also want to write a few books, um, children's books, To help them with their um, understanding and coping of what happens when they enter a medical facility and have a diagnosis at a young age or or anything, any of the above, anything that brings extra stress and anxiety to a child because I work in pediatrics and how can we help limit some of the anxieties that they do have and so a lot of the things that I do at work is work with the innovation team and I've heard so many amazing things that you can do with virtual reality mm-hmm. where you can can actually allow a child to wear a virtual reality headset and then in in immerse themselves into getting ready for a procedure. So now you are now in the pre-operation area and you're going to meet your nurse, you're going to meet your anesthesiologist, you're going to meet your doctor and you're going to hear the plan. And then they're going to give you your IV and they're going to give you your medication and then, you know, what happens there? So it's a very immersive thing. So I want to take that, but bring it back to not everybody and not every hospital is going to have the funding to do something like that. So I want to be able to create children's books that says, listen, I've been given this diagnosis, what's next? And so just, just maybe... I have to do more digging and and stuff but i i feel like that's where i want to go next with it and i've been kind of playing around in the different children book author rooms just to see what it looks like and what my next steps are um i also am the host and creator of comfort kills as well and it's it's now in season two and we're actually starting to field guests for season three and so that's doing very well and it's it's just a passion project i'm not selling anything off of it i just want people to to hear stories of others who can inspire them, who have taken their pain and turned it into purpose. And just if we can change one life with each of my show episodes, and that's all I'm looking for. So I've been working, I've been busy working with that. Um, And that's pretty much it. And just see where my career takes me next.
0: Which is beautiful. It's beautiful. You're so open. And you're so like a like a sponge soaking up the the universe's energy and I think that's the beautiful thing you never know which door opens Mm -hmm. I had a while ago I had a a beautiful interview with CQ CQ was or is a comedian but prior to being a comedian he was in the US Army And he was on the receiving end of some metal that met his meat. And um, he went through some very dark times. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it's uh, for any of you out there in the military, go back in uh, in my show when it was still called My Steps to Sobriety. Mm -hmm. And his journey is amazing. But then finally, finally, in his journey to beat the PTSD, he finally Mm -hmm. listened to other veterans who who were saying, hey, man, be open. And hey, do you fancy learning how to golf? He said, oh, Mm -hmm. fuck it. Yeah, learn how to play golf. Mm -hmm. So he learned how to play golf. And then uh, another thing came along. And, uh, you know, hey, there is this comedy club. Do you want to come and learn how to do comedy? Hi. Why not?
1: Guess yeah. what he is
0: now? He's a freaking comedian. Okay, okay nice. so he and he, his message <laughs> was—that's his message was: open the doors, be be willing to listen, be mm-hmm. willing to try new things. Yes. Don't take take accepted things for accepted. Ask yourself: Is that really it? And if an opportunity knocks on the door, hell, mm-hmm. take it yeah see what happens
1: exactly
0: exactly and that is that is what this world is offering you every single day mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't see it and yeah. i invite you all open your eyes and if there is not an immediate opportunity there well why not create one
1: exactly what,
0: yeah what is your vision what is your no wrong start not with a vision start with a, a dream
1: mm-hmm. have
0: a day dream mm-hmm. so next time you're in the shower Ask yourself, oh, what would I love to do? And just ask your brain that question and see yeah. what comes out. Exactly. And then who knows, maybe that dream can become a vision. Yeah. And then it becomes a mission when you start mm-hmm. breaking it down. Yeah. And suddenly that mission has success. And wow, there you are. And you have created a new you you've Mm -hmm. reinvented yourself you Mm -hmm. are this new person who finds success and passion and as you said you you love to do things that you do and you were able to break the societal mold you were breaking Mm -hmm. the mold uh that maybe you put yourself into Mm -hmm. and and the limiting beliefs and you question those beliefs and look at what happened to you on your journey and that's so powerful and I love it to hear that you that you actually help others in doing so so if Mm -hmm. if your story resonates with others how can they find you Tell you can very
1: easily find me on comfortkillsmedia.com. That's the easiest and quickest way to get a hold of me. My email and my, my social media links are on there. And uh, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And I'm, I'm always all about connecting with people. If you have a story to share, I want to hear it. You know, and if you have advice that you need or you want to join the nursing profession whatever the case may be I'm here I'm here to give you free advice I am here all day long I, I love helping people and just being able to open doors and open opportunities just through advice and then you know and see where they can go with what I've given them and, and know that you know deep down five years from now I can say I, I kind of helped that along so yep
0: How cool is that isn't it indeed yes. to put a smile on people's faces and that is such a such a beautiful thing now that's mm-hmm. that's what I live for that's yes. what I always did in my in my field as a doctor to make mm-hmm. people better but yes I like you nowadays is a time where we where we can go out there and mm-hmm. change lives and and make things a little bit better Yeah, and if indeed i have to a bit of of play my own trumpet here um so if you guys (laughs) are are uh, affected by by addiction or by if a loved one in your family uh Mm -hmm. is affected by new you you don't really know how to go about it my steps to sobriety is the book that i've written about my journey it's Mm -hmm. full of of stories that hopefully make you reflect and it's full of action plans what you can do uh, both addiction related and then the second part of the book is far more about challenges in life Uh, they will come yeah the depression will be there one in free chance anxiety Mm -hmm. disorders all kind of of challenges financial uncertainties you know how to deal with all that Mm -hmm. so i give you dozens and dozens of action plans in there that you can ponder about and maybe implement in your own life and Mm -hmm. just as much as if you were to go in the army on a mission you know pretty much okay what is the likely enemy that I will attack what's the environment in which I work and etc you prepare yourself for that Mm -hmm. and you have got there's certain things that will happen again and again like people shooting at you from the front. You might have a standard operating procedure, how to engage uh, a sudden contact from the front or from the right right or from the rear. That is what you do. Mm -hmm. Why not do the same standing operating procedures in life?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, sooner or later, you end up in money trouble. So why not learn something about it? You know you will have a toxic uh, coworker sooner Mm -hmm. or later you have got a jerk an asshole Mm -hmm. uh, who might even be your boss well Mm -hmm. why not learn how do you do de-escalate such an idiot or how do you deal with your emotions when you can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. so stuff like that hey and that's that's what this book is all about, My steps to sobriety. Now, in a wee while, as in today is what is today, the 30th of January that we are recording here. Mm. Uh, in February, we're going to release the second version or the uh, oh, nice. improved version of that to a much bigger audience. So all wait right. for a moment. so hopefully by the time we're yeah. actually we are actually broadcasting that, I'll put a bit yeah. of an extra uh, minute Perfect. on there to show you to show you the book. That's all oh, nice. cool. And uh-huh. I, sec- I second Dr. Jess. If a story is worthwhile living, then, sorry, if a life is worthwhile living, then the story is worthwhile recording. Mm-hmm. Come Absolutely. on, guys. Guys, live yes. your life, live it to the yes. fullest. And who knows, sooner or later, you're going to be writing your book because mm-hmm. you have gone through such a transformation. It is. It is your chance. Yeah. And indeed, uh, Dr. Chess is here. She is. She has done amazing things and if her story resonates look down there in the the description of the video or of the podcast and Mm -hmm. get in touch with her okay and and see maybe her creativity jumps across the telephone line or the 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 broadband (laughs) and uh it's a very infectious disease this creativity and this energy (laughs) so let it infect you okay that is not to be said by COVID, okay right (laughs) now Sounds a
1: good inoculation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But why not inoculate yourself with some energy and Mm -hmm. and uh, join either my social media and or Dr. Chess's and or other people and Mm -hmm. don't take no for an answer. Right. develop yourself go out there live your life
1: yeah and, and,
0: and this is not a mask what i'm doing here this is me <laughs> this is this is this is me bouncing i'm like yeah. freaking tigger with energy and that is it's beautiful and it's because mm-hmm. i've seen that that the very dark side and yeah. and jasmine has has gone through some dark moments and she has refused to give up um mm-hmm. you know
1: that's right
0: one last tip that you would give to my audience what would be the one message I know we have we have, we have shared so many messages yes but yes. what is what is a core thing that you want to leave my audience with
1: I think yeah. one of my core messages would definitely just be be authentic you know like no matter what it is you do what path you pursue be authentic to who you are and what you want to do and be passionate about whatever it is you want to do, you know, you'll find more joy in doing so and not listening to somebody else, following a prescribed pass, you know, break the mold. If, if you come from a, a lineage of doctors and you don't want to be a doctor and you want to be an artist, be an artist, you know, find your way. You'll be much happier there. I've seen so many people try to please family members and aren't, aren't happy in the end. And then having to now go back and Usually it's into the nursing career, go back and do a second or third degree into the nursing career. And I meet them on the interview side as nurses, brand new graduate nurses, well into their fifties or sixties and it happens. Mm. But I'm, I'm glad that they finally, at whatever age it was, realized where they belong. And so be authentic to yourself. Know, know what you're truly passionate and let yourself drive in the driver's seat and not somebody else.
0: Beautiful, 100% seconded. Yeah. Mm. Guys, you heard the message. So, what are you doing right now to make your vision come true? Mm. Ask yourself that and have a fantastic day, guys. Bye.
1: Bye. Three.